I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there again, and welcome back to the Explaining History podcast. The thing that I want to talk about uh, right now is the pressure that the First World War placed upon German society. Um, The spirit of 1914, a spirit of social unity, uh, where upper middle class and working class Germans seem to be united in support for the war, even minorities like Poles in the East um, were uh, part of the kind of the enthusiasm of, of a national unity is referred to in German as Bergfried, or uh, peace within the fortress, um, a spirit of uh, national unity where social distinctions were swept away. It was this kind of idea that the Nazis looked to when they wanted to create their racial Volksgemeinschaft, um, that all Germans um, would be united under the banner of um, ethnic and racial fraternity. It didn't necessarily mean that uh, real distinctions between social classes, i.e. economic ones, would be swept away. Um, And this fervour by the end of the war is gone. It's been destroyed by the economic and social crises of the war. The Kaiser in 1914 says, I know of no parties anymore, only Germans. Um, It lasts till 1916, really, and it was based on the belief that among the public the war was progressing well for Germany so it had to be based on this illusion Um, the German uh, uh, commanders um, ensured that there was a filtering system uh, from the front back to Germany it's extremely effective um, and it made and so that bad news didn't get through however by the winter of 1916 Um, The strains of war are telling on German society and it's almost impossible to keep German people ignorant of the crisis they're facing because they are being experienced in terms of food shortages. Um, The uh, division between rural and urban areas is particularly acute and this is largely to do with food shortages. Uh, Germany is basically reliant on imports, uh, like all European countries, by the early 20th century, the populations had grown to such a level that self-sufficiency is no longer uh, an option. Autarky was not a possible 
1914 certainly wasn't going to be possible during the Second World War, no matter how much Hitler wanted it. The um, uh, poor decision-making of the government um, accentuated these problems. In 1915, for example, the government killed 35% of the country's pigs in order to save grain for um, animal fodder uh, that would be used as, as animal fodder, um, leading to meat shortages uh, and uh, inflation in meat prices. And in 1916-17, to 17, um, the winter that year was referred to as the, the turnip winter. Um, across Europe, there were freezing cold temperatures and the men at the front suffered particularly badly, soldiers um, having all sorts of amputations from uh, frostbite. And Germany, the potato crop, one of the um, staples of the German diet, was destroyed in the autumn of 1916. And the failure of the crop, combined with the, um, the British naval blockade, meant that Germans were forced to rely on turnips as their, their main source of, uh, of food. Um, the shortages of even turnips and the difficulty of harvesting them, digging them out of the ground, um, and the freezing weather uh, began the process of starvation in Germany uh, and op- opposition, growing opposition to the war based on that. Starving urban populations became highly suspicious of um, the German peasantry. They thought that they were hoarding food. And it's very interesting how many parallels of this you see um, during the Soviet five-year plans uh, when there were food shortages in the cities. The government, their instinctive um, explanation for this is that it is due to uh, selfish speculators amongst the peasants hoarding food. Um, there are Maoist equivalents of it and Leninist equivalents of it. Uh, so it's a kind of a, a, a commonly recurring theme in 20th century history. The peasants became extremely resentful towards the war for labour shortages um, and the uh, inflation that it brought um, and the um, impact on the ability to harvest um, that happened as a result of requisitioned horses. So it's hunger, really, that cracks the German um, Bergfried uh, sentiment and the passion for uh, the war and patriotic spirit. Um, the losses associated with this hunger are quite extraordinary. During the First World War, three quarters of a million Germans died of diseases relating to starvation. That's the low estimate. The high puts it at above a million. Um, the fall of the Kaiser can be directly attributed to hunger. So, the Royal Navy that came to a, um, a bloody standstill with the German fleet in 1916 at the Battle of Jutland ultimately exacts a terrible price from Germany through uh, blockading. Um, the hunger in Germany isn't completely due to the blockade, but in large part it is, is due to it. It was so successful that the British, um, after the First World War, believed that a similar fleet that operating from Singapore um, could blockade the Japanese home islands into starvation. And um, this was the basis of the Singapore strategy, um, which ends in disaster in 1942 with the fall of Singapore itself. The idea that the Japanese might come down the mainland would have been largely missed there. But 
the protests and riots across um, the country due to hunger very quickly came to have a, a, a class aspect to them. The um, solidarity across classes um, had gone by 1916 and the um, belief that the upper classes were working the black market um, and the uh, the working classes in the Mittelstand, the lower middle class, were being uh, left out of the picture, caused great resentment. There was a demand for improved wages that would enable uh, work the working classes to keep up with rising inflation, and this leads to strikes um, that begin in about 1916. By early 1917, 200,000 workers were on strike in Berlin. And um, one of the reasons for this is bread rationing. Starvation becomes uh, an almost um, everyday occurrence in parts of Germany. Um, the, there's a difference between there being starvation, pockets of starvation, and mass famine. Um, the mass famine um, isn't perhaps quite as pronounced as, say, the Soviet famines, and certainly not the um, Maoist famine of um, 58-62. Proportionally, um, by the end of the war, it can be said that famine conditions exist in Germany. Two and a half million men by 1917 um, had been killed and wounded, and there seemed to be no end to the war in sight. In fact, uh, if you recall, I did a podcast um, a week or so ago on the sense that Germany had been encircled, and the fact that Germany had to fight a war on multiple fronts meant that it was virtually impossible to win, and Germany would be worn down by attrition. The continuing a continuation of the war uh, meant that there would be little on the table for workers, even if the country was victorious. Um, it would be such a pyrrhic victory that there's nothing that any that Germany's working classes could get out of it. And the Bergfried that I mentioned at the start of the podcast, this was only really based on the assumption that victory would be likely. Social uh, contracts, social agreements between large numbers of people only really ever held together when all parties are uh, anticipating getting something out of the scenario. That way, a certain degree of sacrifice can be bargained for. German society um, was becoming highly fractured by 1917 under the pressure of war. One of the key players in all of this is, as I mentioned earlier, the lower middle class or Mittelstand. Um, the Mittelstand were um, uh, made up of artisans and small businesses, um, and the focus of the economy is on mass production. Mass production um, of munitions and foods is where the resources of German society are going. This puts an intense pressure on small businesses so and, and the members of the, the Mittelstand um, and the German bourgeoisie, the upper middle classes, also find their status being eroded by the war. Um, it's very, it becomes very difficult, for example, to uh, find servants. Um, wages um, stagnate and savings um, become pretty worthless. Um, war bonds that are uh, purchased by um, the middle classes tend to be uh, poor investments and the strong resentment um, existed towards 
um, the elites, particularly because many or most of the uh, elites in Germany were Prussians, and this provided people in non-Prussian uh, parts of, the, uh, of Germany, such as Bavaria, with ample ammunition um, to uh, point at their sort of social, social superiors. The Prussian elites had always enjoyed, for example, taxation um, privileges until 1916. And they had used their status to um, get food that was not available for the majority of the population. Um, and they, the, this idea of all in it together, this Bergfried notion, quickly um, evaporates. Um, the, the damaging effect of uh, ordinary Germans believing that the rest of, the, of society isn't pitching in uh, are quite catastrophic. Um, and the uh, and that means really things like Bergfried are always based on sort of illusions. Um, any any time the notion of all in it together um, is uh, bandied around um, is normally not true. Um, the war brings out all sorts of doubts and questions in Germans um, who are used to um, a fairly authoritarian, fairly militarized tradition in the country of questioning whether the war is actually worth continuing, whether it's not better to find some sort of negotiated settlement. The um, feeling uh, of doubt grows um, by the political situation that it essentially meant that the government was turned over to the running, uh, to be run by the military, by um, Hindenburg and Ludendorff, um, the military is basically given, um, after 1916, wide-ranging emergency powers um, and they're able to uh, administer the economy and society. Um, the Kaiser at this point has essentially had something of a nervous breakdown and retreated from um, from uh, government um, and his um, inability to um, have any meaningful role to play in the war uh, meant that he was uh, sidelined uh, and ignored. He's treated um, by 1918 as a rather contemptible figure by the army. The many of the, the senior generals have no time for him at all. Uh, pressure was put on the Chancellor Bethmann Holweg to allow uh, the German military to pursue the war in any way it see fit. It's all fit. So to completely utterly break with any kind of civilian oversight. And to give you a comparison, during the uh, Shell Crisis of 1915 in Great Britain, um, generals um, critiqued the government openly. Um, the uh, Asquith government uh, was deeply disliked by them, and they tended to prefer to report straight to the king. Um, generals uh, like... Uh, French and Haig saw themselves, uh, and Rawlinson saw themselves basically as the king's generals, and they didn't understand why on earth they would be speaking to and taking instruction from a civilian prime minister, one who perhaps wasn't from uh, quite as lofty a social position as they were. However, in the United Kingdom, uh, civilian government remains firmly intact, and when it comes to a showdown between, um, in 1916, showdowns between Lloyd George and the generals, Lloyd George, by and large, wins. The problem for Germany by 1916, going through all this suffering, is that any kind of um, legitimacy that the government may have had, uh, any kind of sense of loyalty to the Kaiser, 
um, is undermined by the fact that uh, Germany has essentially become a military dictatorship and the uh, pain of the war that ordinary people have to experience um, is seen by them as simply the results of uh, the general's private hobby um, and the, um, the interests of the, the Prussian military class. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So within this all, this all we see um, the rise of um, Hindenburg and Ludendorff, who um, in the second half of the war really become the, the pivotal military and political figures in Germany. Following the Battle of Verdun, where 200,000 uh, German lives were lost, and uh, the attempt to, um, as uh, General Erich von Falkenhayn put it in the Falkenhayn letter in late 1915 to the Kaiser um, to bleed white, France white, um, who, he knew that the French would defend Verdun no matter the cost. Um, the, there are huge casualties caused, um, and yet not enough for a final breakthrough. And the failure of the offensive um, leaves Chancellor Bethmann Holweg to replace Falkenhayn with Hindenburg. Um, Hindenburg distinguished himself at the Battle of Tannenberg, um, where he'd destroyed the entire um, Second Russian Army. Um, and his second in command, Erich von Ludendorff, um, and Hindenburg both became national heroes as a result. Bethmann Holweg hoped that he could tap into this acclaim um, by 1916, um, when uh, he made 
the appointment um, again because of this decline in national morale um, the decision turned out to be a mistake for Holweg, Bethmann Holweg um, the uh, Kaiser and Bethmann Holweg were both sidelined and um, Hindenburg and Ludendorff uh, established complete supremacy over the war and over German society as well. Um, the Kaiser is no longer consulted on military matters, considered to be kind of fairly incompetent, which he was. Um, and instead, Hindenburg and Ludendorff's decisions were um, unquestioned. Um, one of the great problems here is that by 1918, the Ludendorff Spring Offensive goes ahead um, despite it having numerous failings um, because Ludendorff really has no one to uh, oppose him. The um, two, they set the entire um, military and economic and political uh, agenda in Germany. They establish the Auxiliary Service Act um, that um, essentially um, developed the German war economy and which created many of the post-war inflation problems that Germany faced. They had the power of appointment and could um, sack uh, ministers as they saw fit. Um, they were determined that the war should go on until final victory was achieved, so they essentially dismissed the idea of negotiation and they um, wanted to reward Germany for its uh, sacrifices with territorial gains. For example, before the uh, Treaty of Brest-Litovsk with um, the newly uh, revolutionary Russia was signed, the, um, the Kreuznach uh, programme um, was a uh, secret um, plan to annex a huge, huge territories, um, Poland, the Baltic states, um, and indeed uh, in the West there were designs on uh, the uh, coal-rich territories of France and Belgium. The Kreuznach programme even demanded that Romania's uh, newly discovered oil fields be handed over to Germany. So despite the um, view that many Germans had had that the war um, was a defensive war because of Germany's perceived encirclement uh, by 1914, the reality was that for certain members of the German military, this was an, an economic um, war, an economic um, smash and grab for uh, resources and territory. Um, at least by 1916, these are the war aims that are secretly established. Ludendorff's disasters on the Western Front in 1918 um, were one of the things he did to seal Germany's fate. The other, the year before, was the um, reinstitution of the unrestricted submarine warfare programme uh, against Great Britain, uh, but against any ship, so from any nation, travelling to a British port. The policy had been abandoned in 1915 because it posed a very real risk of drawing America into the war. In 1917, um, the German military decided to resume this, and it's at Ludendorff's insistence. Um, Bethmann Holweg again is against the policy, um, seeing it as, as folly, but Ludendorff has his way, 
and the um, program begins. The strategy um, was a failure. It didn't stop supplies getting to Britain, but all it did was enrage the United States of America. Um, and the other and even more ludicrous plan was that outlined in the Zimmerman telegram, a message from uh, the German Foreign Office to um, the German Embassy in Mexico, um, an offer to try to draw Mexico into a potential war against the United States, uh, offering um, the repatriation of territories lost to uh, America in 1848. Um, America's um, entry into the war was prompted by the sinking of American ships, but also the provocation of the Zimmerman telegram is really too much to... So even despite these problems, world events happening around Germany cause significant problems as well. For example, the Russian Revolution uh, in February 1917 saw one autocratic uh, regime swept away and it made it had a deep resonance with um, Germany, uh, Germany's working class and from the uh, uh, left-wing uh, liberal elements of the bourgeoisie. So there was a desperate uh, energies poured into trying to resist revolution in Germany and Bethmann Hallweg um, says to the Kaiser and in the Kaiser's Easter message that you really must promise some sort of social reform and the Kaiser listening to this he's deeply frightened um, very concerned what has happened to his cousin the Kaiser in Russia and he said that once the war ends the electoral system in Germany particularly and the electoral system in Prussia will be reformed and the franchise expanded. And Bethmann Holweg said that really more needed to be done. Concrete social reform needed to be offered. The um, uh, It was Ludendorff that puts pressure on the Kaiser really to make sure that what he's saying is pretty thin stuff, uh, pretty nebulous and uh, insubstantial. Um, the... Um, response from Ludendorff at the same time as well is that he says that any kind of compromise in the face of Bolshevism is a sign of weakness and he denounces um, whatever promises the Kaiser actually makes. Bethmann Holweg resigns in July 1917 um, and the Kaiser points Georg Michaelis, a um, figure who is extremely politically weak and not able to stand up to either Ludendorff or to uh, Hindenburg. Um, He has no authority in the Reichstag and uh, one SPD uh, deputy said that he was a fairy angel tied to a Christmas tree at a Christmas uh, for children's benefit. Now a combination of events, the Russian Revolution in February 1917, the introduction of America into the war, the um, political crisis that sees Bethmann Holweg resign in July 1917, um, and the uh, vagueness of the Kaiser's Easter Statement sees um, the Bergfrieden well and truly end in 1917. When it looks as if conflict with America is inevitable, and American productive power will no doubt grind Germany into the ground. Um, The uh, SPD, the Social Democratic Party, uh, propose a war without territorial annexations. The SPD, um, while 
Bethman Holbeck is in power, asked him and put pressure on him to distance himself from the Kreuznach program. Um, and the uh, justification for the war previously had been you know, the uh, terrifying menace of Russia bearing down on Germany um, meant that uh, any kind of defensive war was justifiable. But a war with a democratic state like America that the SPD rather admired seemed to be uh, less justifiable, less sustainable and you know, almost certainly likely to be lost. The centre-party politician... Um, Matthias Erzberger um, stepped up at this point he'd previously been uh, an enthusiastic supporter of the war um, and he had previously been uh, a demander of um, huge annexations wanting France and Belgium's African empires um, he wanted a huge reparations bill dumped on the enemy he wanted the annexation of um, parts of Belgium, Poland uh, the Ukraine, the Baltic, parts of France, and he was a um, proponent initially of submarine warfare, but then understood that it had been a total failure. When he went to the Eastern Front, he saw um, the uh, situation there, and he spoke with the um, uh, men, the commanders on the front, and by 1917, he could see that the war had both had either had no end in sight or a defeat in sight. And here begins his conversion, really, to um, a peace resolution. Um, he called uh, for a peace resolution, and that meant a peace without victory, um, which really meant a peace at any price, um, which would bring the war to an end and prevent Germany from achieving the Kreuznach programme of mass territorial expansion. The, uh, um, a committee of uh, Reichstag deputies is set up, a cross-party committee, with members of the SPD, um, the Progressives, the National Liberals and the Centre Party, uh, drafting the peace resolution. And it was approved by a substantial majority in the Reichstag of 86 votes which called for a lasting peace based on friendly understanding amongst peoples and the end of force and the end of territorial annexations and oppression in all forms. So um, the result kind of backfires, however. Ludendorff and Hindenburg uh, were opposed to the resolution, but they saw it as a method to push for Bethmann Holweg's removal as Chancellor, saying basically he had lost control over the Reichstag. So, and they used military leaders um, the, to um, tender their resignations and then, unless Bethmann Holweg went. And the naivety of Erzberger was that he'd hoped that if um, Bethmann Holweg did go, he'd be replaced by a stronger figure who could put pressure on the two generals uh, and end their silent dictatorship. They sabotaged any potential peace talks uh, by insisting that Michaelis um, uh, had to ins- uh, insert into any discussion with the British um, the demand for territories that Germany wanted in order to secure a, a peace, uh, something that the West Allies were never going to submit to. And Ludendorff, uh, at the same time, sets up what you might think of as a kind of a proto-fascist party in the Vaterland Party, or Fatherland Party, um, which was a coalition of uh, nationalists and conservatives 
um, with supported with um, the army and industrial um, among of industrialists and various um, significant uh, media backers. Um, by 1918, it has over a million members and um, has at its disposal the army's propaganda service in disseminating um, a strong um, message which uh, designed to sabotage any um, peace resolution by Erzberger, um, meaning that um, Erzberger was essentially sabotaged. So here what we can see amidst blockades and starvation is the dictatorial uh, elements within the German army being strengthened by a democratic deficit in Germany which predated the war. It's only simply accentuated by the war. It predates it. It redates it all the way back to the creation of the Bismarck Constitution in 1871. Anyway, this has been way too long, so I hope I haven't bored you. Um, but if you can give us a good uh, thumbs up on uh, the iTunes, uh, the Explaining History iTunes page, that would be great. Five stars if you can, um, and thanks very much for your time, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money.